Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hi. Welcome again. I'm so glad you're listening and watching today. You know, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average worker currently holds 10 different jobs before age 40. And this number is projected to grow. All right, that's not enough. Forrester Research predicts that today's youngest workers, if that's you, pay attention, you might hold 12 to 15 jobs, really, <laughs> in your lifetime. So my guest today, my precious guest who's a friend also and an executive woman that's really risen to the top unbelievably, she's had a rewarding and compelling uh, and challenging career at Encore Electric Utility. And she's never even considered leaving Encore. Debbie Dennis has a long and impressive title, too. So here it is. Chief Customer Officer and Senior Vice President, Human Resources and Corporate Affairs. Now that's a mouthful, <laughs> Debbie. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, well, I'm just going to get real here. So what do you do when you get up in the morning and you do your typical day? What does that look like? So every day is different. I don't think there is a typical day, but I recently, in March, is when I became the chief customer officer in addition to my other responsibilities. And I'm so excited about the connection between uh, people and customers because at the end of the day it's our people right. that serve our customers and so each day is different hmm. so if i think about it a typical day might mean that i start out thinking about what is it we're doing to better enhance our customer experience and some of that comes from customer complaints uh, from feedback and really thinking about how we leverage data and technology to enhance the customer's experience when they're thinking about Encore, which is usually when the lights are out. I was going to say that the customer is wanting things when what? Yeah. yeah. When the lights are out right. or if they're a new customer and they're building a new business uh -huh. or a new home. So that's when they need us. And so our goal is to be a company that's easy to do business with. So that's the customer side. Mm -hmm. And then if that carries over, often the times when I find that there's gaps there, some of it is skill sets of employees. Mm. It's, you know, how do you train employees to be sure they have the skills to serve customers and know what's expected of them? How do you? So we're working on that. So we're trying to, number one, be sure our employees understand what does it mean and what are we asking them to do when we serve the customer? For a lot of our employees, they say, well, it means getting the lights on. But they may not be thinking about the experience of the customer along the way. Uh, so I think some of it is setting the expectations, communi communicating the expectations, mm -hmm. and also recognizing employees when they're doing what we want them to do, whether that's just recognition by a pat on the back mm -hmm. or with our recognition and rewards programs and compensation. So I spent hmm. a lot of time, too, with the HR team saying, how, what are we doing to attract and retain employees that are going to really care about and have the passion that we do for customers mm -hmm. and for what we do and want to stay with the company? And so as we think about our workforce today, we have a lot of employees that are 
older, more uh, seasoned, seasoned uh, <laughs> like myself. And then we have younger employees. So it's like both ends of the spectrum. And so really starting to thinking about these millennials and others that are coming up. And sure. what are we going to need to do differently? Because they have different expectations. And a lot of our leaders are leading millennials. So it's an interesting right. dynamic, including looking at our all of those things we do about rewards, about benefits, and what's going to matter to them and how they want to work. And can we do that? Because when you're in the business we're in and the lights are out, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what time of day it is. Employees, and we consider a lot of our employees first responders. They have to go out in some of the worst weather elements. Oh, my goodness. You know, customer service, this is great because customer service has been around a long time. You know, customer service. We need customer service. And as a customer not always getting good customer service so to think that a utility company is taking it right down to do you know your customer and we talked a little bit about that so how do they how do they really get down to know the customer well today a lot of what we do are customer surveys and some of them are the typical customer surveys and so my colleague and i that are driving this new customer experience effort are really trying to be thoughtful about how can we as a utility company be more like, uh, for instance, open table, where as soon as I go to a restaurant, I get a survey and says, how was your experience? So how could we use mobile apps like that Uh to equip customers to give us that feedback? And so we're we're not there yet, but it's the kind of things we're talking about where it's more real time because there's still a lot of confusion in the market about who Encore is as the delivery company and what we do versus a retailer does. Mm-hmm. And so we're really the wires, the delivery company. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people still think of us as that company that's billing them. Uh, and we don't. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. So, but the last thing I forgot to mention about my typical day is, yes. as you know, I'm very passionate about giving back. Mm-hmm. And I have responsibility for the company's philanthropic efforts and community engagement. Mm-hmm. So that's the third thing. And, you know, so on a typical day, it depends. There might be something like in September, it was the heart walk and things that we do to give back. So you have to walk to get into that, right? Yes, you do. (laughs) Uh, But that's also a huge effort around a healthier workforce and healthier communities. So that's what I love about what I do. No typical day, but at the end of the day, it's about customers and it's about employees. And it's about people. Yes. Well, so that leads to HR. Let's take the human resources aspect. Uh, Why would someone today want to get into human resources? I mean... Do they know today what it is that maybe is different than what it used to be 10, even 15 years ago? It's a great question, but I would tell you anyone that cares about people Mm -hmm. that HR is a great place to be because you can see the impact of the things that you do that are going to help employees succeed Mm -hmm. and help employees to have the skills they need to deliver on a promise to customers. So it's very interesting. It's interesting to be able to coach leaders to uh, find out what it is that makes people tick, so to speak, and makes them happy. uh, Because if they're happy and they like what they do, they're going to do a great job. Well, if if every company really believed that and practiced it, then there'd be a lot higher retention rate in uh, people who stay. So is there a percentage of tenureship sort of at Encore? You've stayed Stayed a long long time. time. Are there others that have stayed a long and time? There are. And so our average tenure is about 14 years. 
Mm. So that, you know, I talked before about the, you know, got a lot of really young people and a lot of tenured people in the workforce. And from a manager and supervisor standpoint, uh, there's probably even a higher, you know, it's probably closer to 20 years experience in the management ranks. And so people do stay. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about, you know, one job, the interesting thing about Encore that people discover is over my career, I've done a lot of different things. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm so blessed. I started in customer service went into HR for a while, had the opportunity to do supply chain for the company for a while, had the opportunity to be a loan lobbyist, uh, manage uh, an outsourcing project, and then swing back around and have the opportunity to work with customers and employees. It's just, you know, it's amazing. And so that's what, when people come to work for us, they discover, you know, it's not just doing the same thing every day. And once I'm in there, I have a, a very interesting opportunity to do great things. And our employees, they're very passionate about what we do because the electric delivery business drives the economy. Without electricity, it doesn't work. Good point. Good point. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so it really Hmm. makes you feel great to say we're making the North Texas and Texas, we're the largest delivery company in the state. We're helping drive a great economy for Texas. Isn't that? Well, you're not a good spokesperson at all. I have to work on that. Well, you know, Debbie, the interesting thing about that, too, is besides the uh, just being in HR, I don't know that I've ever had anyone say, gee, I really want to work for an electric company. But you're making it sound like it's really, and it is, a good industry to be in. In, in a lot of the different aspects. I have to go to, um, well, first of all, I also want to give you big, big kudos because you won a fabulous uh, honor, I should say. You were honored as an honoree in the 2018 Business Journal Award for one of the most influential women in business. So let's go there for a minute. Debbie, what does being influential look like? It's a great question. You know, when you think about people that influence, uh, it doesn't mean they have to be in a leadership role. Exactly. Influencers are people that because of the way they behave and they act and what they do Mm -hmm. and their passion generally and their consistency about staying true to their own core values, they become a model that people say, I want to be like that. I want to follow that. you know, in today's days, a lot of influencers are getting on social media, and that's where you say they influence opinions. Right. But at the core, when I think about a day-to-day influencer of people inside the company and the team I work with and my colleagues, it's that day-to-day consistency, uh, the day-to-day staying true, and also I think an influencer listens. And when they listen and they think about how they can bring people together – at the end of the day, that's what happens. When I think about the Dallas Business Journal recognition, I mean, I was so honored uh, and I, it, when I saw the other women. And you know, what's really neat about that is the American Heart Association is who nominated me for that award. Oh, there you go. And you I was like, wow. Uh-huh. And um, so I always say that I am who I am because of the people that I get to work with and who've helped me and continue to help me be successful. So you've been so successful. I heard from what I heard you say there, the point that resonates with me is that uh, in order to be a good influencer, you have to earn the right. Mm -hmm. Yes. You have to earn the right. It's interesting when uh, someone might say, well, teach me to be a better influencer, Mm -hmm. as if it's 
you know, a model or if it's a step one, two, three. <laughs> it really starts at the core. Let's go there for a minute too. So who's Debbie? What's your core? Wow. What's your core? <laughs> so at my core, I'm a woman of faith. Okay. Um, and it's important and I find when I spend time uh, with God, doing my devotionals, just in thoughtful, take the time every morning to set the stage for the day, it makes a difference. And when I don't, uh, things usually don't go as well. But that's huh. not enough throughout the day. I have to remember at small moments of time that when I get frustrated, instead of complaining to others, thinking about talking to God about it, uh, and again, being thoughtful. Uh, so I'd say who I meant, for me, integrity and respect are important. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's at my core. Mm -hmm. um, and I always try to say that I'm never going to do anything that I don't think's right. Um, <laughs> and you said something uh, when we were talking about that, that you didn't want it to show up in the newspaper. That's right. Okay. I mean, I think a, a great practice that says, uh, do I want to read that in the Dallas Morning News? No. <laughs> so don't do it. And don't do it. That's right. So that, that reminds me, Debbie, I've got a, sometimes I, I call them Valerieisms, but one of them is, if in doubt, don't. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> if in doubt, I, that's don't. a great one. It's a great one. Who is, in your opinion, that maybe someone that we'd all know, who do you think of as a great influencer that's earned the right to be so? Well, for me, it's Earl Nye. So I don't know whether you know Earl Nye. No. But Earl Nye uh, was the CEO of TXU. Okay. Uh, and is chairman emeritus. And uh, he's who uh, has and continues to be a great mentor. And he's known well in the community. He's a servant leader. Uh, and by the way, his son is now my boss. Isn't that interesting? Well, and so it's, the acorn doesn't that's fall right. it doesn't. from the tree. And so I've just watched him. And I would say, people have often said, "Have you? who's the perfect leader? Mm -hmm. And I've said, I've not met a perfect leader. <laughs> and I'm not a perfect leader because I don't always get it We're right. We're human, right? We're human. Mm -hmm. But I always say two things. You know, if you learn to forgive yourself when you do mess up, mm-hmm. You also say you're sorry if you messed up. Oh, thank you. Write um, that one down. Because, you know, it's not enough to know, oh, I messed up, and yeah, they'll get over it. Because it means a lot to people when you go back and say, I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, or if you recognize, oftentimes uh, you can tell by people's body language. That's why I'm a fan that difficult conversations don't belong in text or email because you can't read body no, language no. and you can't see facial expressions and, it's not and so fair. even if you you find yourself saying something and then you recognize wow they were offended in some way uh of stopping and thinking about and saying that you know help me i need the coaching if i'm saying something that um might hurt someone's feelings you know so. that's that's really being vulnerable i think that's one of the hardest mm. part pieces t for any of us if we're in a leadership position well we're supposed to be you know like not human and and to be able to admit mistakes or say you know what that's on me that's mm -hmm. I, I'm accountable that's on me you know yes. it's not like you have to say the words I'm sorry but that also goes to family relationships doesn't oh it? yes it does Just being able to say <laughs> I'm sorry would be really good all the time yes it would what's your greatest challenge today I so my greatest challenge today I think is trying to think still strategically into the future. 
I, you know, I often ask myself, how do I stay relevant? You know, the, the workforce is changing. Ooh, Technology is. is changing. Mm-hmm. And so I think my biggest challenge when I think of my role at the company is being thoughtful about culture change and being sure that we're supporting employees because if we take care of them, they are going to take care of their customers. So I think the challenge is this workforce that has both long-tenured employees that value certain things Mm -hmm. and younger employees that value other things. And how do I stay curious? How do I make sure that I'm listening and that I'm not immediately discounting something we may have tried a long time ago Mm. that comes up again? So I think the biggest, that's my biggest challenge. How do we connect the dots? And how do we, between uh, what we're trying to do around customers and employees and help employees really understand what that means and how we do things that don't become the program of the day, but they're really sustainable and that we're patient because culture change takes time. The electric utility industry is changing a lot, and on the horizon are so right. They're in our backyard. Disruptors about the way business gets done today, and even though we're a regulated utility, we have competition, and it's out there now. And so we've got to start thinking about uh, having a competitive mindset Mm -hmm. uh, to always say we need to be there. I want customers to be sticky. So even though Valerie might be able to leave the grid and have her own solar panels and windmills someday. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Well, you never know. But if you do, we want you to say, well, I might have that, but I I still want Encore out there because I know that if I I don't have enough solar stored, uh, that they're going to be there for me. And that you can trust us to advise you about uh, what makes sense. I always... (laughs) Well said. I always think about uh, when I see the storms and oh, especially the things are happening all mm. over the place yes, with storms. Are. But and I see the, the buckets and I think about the people that go up mm-hmm. in the buckets. What would make somebody want to do that? <laughs> so that so to your point, there are people that love that work. I but bet, if you obviously. think about it, not me. No. Uh, so they're working around high voltage power lines. Yes, that they are have 12,000 or more volts of electricity. Oh. And one of the things that I always mm. think from a customer standpoint is people uh, don't recognize the significant danger in power lines. Yes. It's not the same as cable and phone lines. Mm-hmm. And so safety around power lines is so important and being aware. So our linemen, literally, I would tell you, they're people that uh, have to be really uh, strong technically. Most of those jobs today require two years degrees because of the complexity of the technology on our poles uh-huh. and the equipment and the switches. And so, but most of them do it because they're kind of like firemen or policemen because it's so rewarding. Sometimes when we're at our best, like we send 100 employees to go help after the hurricane comes through and they left this morning. And our employees love to go help. And it's so rewarding because that's when our customers are so happy to see us. They're like, oh, my gosh, we have our lights back on. Interesting. But there are, you know, a lot of the people, uh, we do a lot of internships. So people get to figure out if that's something they want to do. Okay. And we do a lot of work with linemen schools Mm -hmm. because it's not for everybody to Mm -hmm. climb a pole. And, you know, who knows? To my point about disruption, there could come a point uh, we don't climb as many poles as we used to where pole climbing isn't necessary at all. <laughs> We're not there today. So it is important to have a workforce that still wants to do that kind of work. 
Well, you know what? There's a career for everyone. Everyone just needs to figure out what... what. By the way, those are well-paying jobs. Oh, I'll bet they They are. are. That's good to say, too. (laughs) You know, this is a totally different subject, but I have to say this. You have such a strong presence, executive presence. And you've said uh, previously to me that you're comfortable. Finally, you said, Mm -hmm. I'm finally comfortable in my own skin. So how do you get comfortable in your own sin, skin without, without being a seasoned employee uh, executive, you know? Just give us some tips on that. You know, it's a great question because, I, you know, initially my response would be uh, I've become comfortable because I am tenured and seasoned and experienced. And that I've helps. had a lot of coaching and mentoring. Mm-hmm. That helps. Uh, a lot of people say with age comes more confidence. You speak your mind. But I think it's when you're doing that, you still have to be respectful. And you have to think about is it something I should say and is it important to say. Okay. Uh, but I, I think I've become comfortable in my skin because I've had people that have given me great feedback who've said – that's really outstanding. Keep doing that. Or have said, uh, that's not a good idea or that didn't go so well. Be open then. Be so open. I, you have to be open to feedback. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard. I mean, some of the feedback I've received was hurtful. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, some of it comes from my spouse. Uh, that's sometimes the best place. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, or kids. Or kids. And so I think it... Uh, what I would, you know, it's hard for me because of where I'm at. But if I think about my own daughter, I, I'm so proud of her because she is comfortable in her own skin. Mm-hmm. And she speaks up. Um, and I, I wouldn't say necessarily that's, uh, she's a little bit of me and a little bit of her dad. Uh, but I think it's about staying true to who you are. If you're well grounded in, in my case, in my faith in God. And I know no matter what I do, he loves me. <laughs> and uh, he's going to forgive me, and he's going to pull me back up if I let him, and I stay true to that. And so I think that's it, finding out what makes sense. Mm-hmm. I also I think it's also, you know, there's so much hype about how you look and what you look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's about figuring out for yourself, what does that mean? What is good for me? Mm-hmm. And am I staying healthy and taking care of myself? Uh, sometimes we can't change things about our genetics, uh, and you see really healthy people that, because of genetics, still have things happen to them. But for me, about it's about really knowing who you are, spending time thinking about that, spending time thinking about um, what you want to leave as your mark on the world and mm-hmm. what matters, um, giving back. I think um, part of what's made me comfortable in my own skin has been that I recognize how fortunate I am and that I spend time recognizing I need to help others mm. who aren't as fortunate. You know, Debbie, I just had a conversation not long ago with an executive who said on the giving part, he said, um, give, keep giving as an executive. He said, uh, sometimes I'm surprised that I uh, will give something or in a way that most people would say thank you. And sometimes that doesn't happen, but it, do, it but doesn't matter, he said. Just keep right. giving because the more you give, Zig Ziglar used to say this, give, 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 you'll get, get, get. And that sounds really kind of, okay, all right. But it's true. It is true. It's really true. It's true. You give from the heart. 
hopefully not expecting something back, but the but the world comes back to you. So I've always asked uh, my guests to leave us with things that any listener, including me, would love to hear from you in your journey and all the things you've experienced that uh, you can say, okay, Valerie, don't do this because I tried it and it didn't work or here's, you know, so we call them teachable points of view because mm-hmm. One of the aspects I believe very strongly in is if you're a a good leader, you're teaching other people to be good leaders. At all levels, by the way, you yes. said that. That's true. You know, leadership is anywhere. It it's is. not a, it's not a title. Right? Exactly. It's not. It's not. So, give us some tips on <laughs> so we don't have quite as many scars as <laughs> maybe we might have. What would you what would you leave with us? So, for me, my teachable points of views, one would be back to my point about starting the day with a quiet time. For me, it's a devotional. It's reading a scripture or two, um, thinking about uh, setting the tone for the day, Mm -hmm. uh, asking God to help me, uh, thanking God, actually, for all the things that I'm so blessed with, but then reminding myself throughout the day to come back to that when times get tough or, you know, cause not every day goes perfectly, certainly not. The other thing I would say is I start my day with my workout. Okay. Um, and for me that works, other people it works in the evening. Uh, but I think my teachable point of view is take care of you. I, one of the things I'm worse about is I don't know how to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. <laughs> so I people ask, I do. And then, then I start questioning that I'm not doing any of the things very well. Uh, but I, so I, I think a part of that is still coming back, that if I take time, pause for a moment in the morning, and also be sure that I'm staying after t- taking care of myself. So that's what I encourage people to do. Take, take time for you. Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is always be respectful and always try to be kind. Oh, my goodness. We so need that. And, oh. and I don't always get that right either day. Yeah. You know, sometimes driving from uh, North Dallas to downtown, there's many times that I don't feel very kind with other drivers on the road. Uh, but it's just always trying to think about that you know Mm -hmm. when you're kind to people and respectful when you listen to them or the other thing I would say is ask how you can help somebody Hmm. look around and see even in the day-to-day at work at work or even when you're out at the store or you're anywhere, you might, if you, you know, sometimes we're just so busy with our own stuff, mm-hmm. there may be somebody that's struggling to open a door or <laughs> as uh, you as never, that. as simple as that. But I would also say at work that if you look around and, and you see somebody that's really having a hard time saying, is there anything I can do to help? And it always, you'd be amazed, I think, and I've seen it happen of what a big deal that is and what a big impact it can have. Mm. <laughs> Just yesterday, a woman was telling me that she was frustrated. She had recently retired, and she said, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to find what to do now and my purpose now and all of this. Mm. And she said, and then I got to thinking, (laughs) it always helps when we do that. She said, "Um, at the end of yesterday, enough things happened during the day that I reflected, and I got to thinking, you know, for this time and space, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing much of anything. Maybe I'm just supposed to be 
enjoying life. Every moment matters. And the story that on that is when you said ask for help, she was in a Target, I think, and went into the ladies' room, and a little girl, like she said, three years old age, uh, followed her. And um, no, I have to go back. The little girl went in first, and she started to go in, and the father was there, kind of like, oh, I hope she's okay. So the mother wasn't there. Father had sent little girl in, mm -hmm. right? So she immediately said to the father, would you like me to go in and help her? And he said, oh, that would be great. And so she did, and the little girl didn't need help. And then a couple other things happened in the Target store. And she said, at the end of the day, I just thought to myself, you know, I had a really purposeful day. Mm -hmm. And so when, when we think about what's our purpose, sometimes it's just a moment-by-moment -moment purpose. That's a great point. <laughs> right? Yeah. And really living in the moment. Living in you the know, moment. If you even think about, you know, recently one of my devotionals was about, you know, we as humans are always like planning ahead yep. and worrying about the future. Mm -hmm. And God has a plan for the future I need to worry about today. That's for sure. <laughs> so, and I think the last thing, you know, I always tell our new supervisors that are just moving from a technical role into a leadership role mm -hmm. that a lot of times what gets you to that opportunity for the promotion as a leader is not what's going to in fact most cases won't make you successful as a leader because it's not doing it's going to be leading the people and if it becomes about you and you only I believe in the long run you won't be successful mm -hmm. it has to be how can I help others and without others I don't know everything I, I have uh, strengths and a lot of weaknesses so how do I build a team and how do I find people that can help me do what I do better and help the company be better? Okay, that's, that's so right on. And I, I also have to be a disruptor on it and ask this. If someone is in the company that you've hired uh, on your team and you're a leader and they aren't thinking about others, it is all about them. Um, what do you do as a leader? What do you do? How do you work with that person? So I think a lot of times, you know, it's almost like um, you keep trying to pump them up. This is interesting how I would play this because I've seen this happen. So somebody that it is all about them, mm -hmm. you still find ways to coach them by saying, giving them those things where they need that affirmation that it's about them but also try to bring in the importance of others that are going to help them be successful. I don't know whether that makes sense, uh, but I think you have to coach people. Not everybody, when I look at some of the research, some of the CEOs of companies are narcissists. Yeah. When you read, I mean, they yes, are. Right. And, you know, mm -hmm. and so I think uh, it's fascinating because when you read the leadership books, it says that's not the right way to do it, but yet you see people be successful. Oh, sure. But I think... I really believe that it's only with other people uh, that are willing to help leaders are they successful. So for me, it's how do you find a way to gain credibility with that person and then coach them. Uh, you got to have the trust relationship. You have to have the trust relationship mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because, again, without that time, uh, and you have to say to them, I want to tell you how I'm feeling uh, about maybe how they're treating me mm, um, be. and you know it's interesting when I've done that a few times in my career I've been surprised that the person was 
clueless. Really? They had no idea. And then they were thoughtful about, oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Uh-huh. So what I, I think the key is not calling somebody out in front of others, finding what would be a teachable moment for them mm-hmm. about how changing that behavior could in fact help them be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you gain that trust, they may actually look to you to be their accountability partner on how to help them change their behavior. At the end of the day, yeah, I nice. think organizations have to help people, they have to hold people accountable. There you go. Um, and if they aren't being a strong leader, it always amazes me. It's back to your point about uh, the gap between leaders and what we know and what people will tell us. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I worry about is when you get to a certain level of the organization, people don't talk to you anymore. That's exactly right. They stop talking to you. Yes. And then they make assumptions that you know what's going on right and that you've uh basically are saying it's okay because you haven't acted on it uh-huh. and so that's what i always struggle with that i'll learn things and i'm like oh my gosh no one's told us that we can't do anything about it the other thing that's fascinating is i've had people say when we're trying to address a skill gap and we engage a coach that they think we're that's a reward versus a something to help them grow Uh so it's just interesting about always having the radar up Mm -hmm. about how employees are viewing our behavior our actions and are we consistent boy you've you've given us i could have written down i ask for three typically (laughs) and i think there's no i think it's awesome because at the end of the day um i don't know how many years from now but there will be a book or something with all these teachable points of view and you've given us so many i really appreciate that debbie each time uh that someone is sitting in, in this chair to me what's so special is that in order to sit in the chair um the person is vetted to be a leader who yes is is successful successful doing it right which as you know is from my book called do it right Right. that's right and uh, so hearing the stories from each of you and and hearing today all of the aspects of of your growth and all the roles that you've had and knowing you personally I can certainly attest to um, why you're continuing to get all these honors so it's a great thing to have you today and I appreciate you taking your time at the end of a busy day Glad to do it. Thank you for including me. I'm honored to be here. (laughs) Thank you, Debbie. And so I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did today. And I want you to be sure and come back next week because, again, we'll have someone special sitting right there in that seat. And we'll be talking about their journey and some things that they are doing right. Until then, visit my website, come back and visit us, and subscribe, please. Be authentic. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.